0: When you look in the mirror, all you see is America's most incoherent podcast. That's us, the pod people. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, and I'm surrounded by the mise-en-scene of nightmares.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm Ben Sheets, and uh, did you know that stinking in the basement's okay if you've got the right books? Exactly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Cleveland Mosier, and I went off this carnival
0: ride. (laughs) Oh man, uh Yep. I th- this is the most at loss for words I've ever been. <laughs> for <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh I have words and it's uh, God
2: damn it, Ben.
1: <laughs> it this was an enigma of a movie.
2: <laughs> was it? I,
0: I think we know exactly what this movie was. <laughs> so before we go any farther more seriously than I've ever said this before, the best way to watch this movie is knowing absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> so if you want to go watch The Evil Within, do it, because it will be most enjoyable if you don't know anything about <laughs> yes. it going in. <laughs> but also, I feel like the context adds a lot to this movie. Yes, But I think it's good. It's better for after the context filling in. So
2: it it, it made me less mad. (laughs) (laughs) It made me less angry after watching the film, at least.
0: I'm pretty sure The Evil Within is on Amazon Prime. It is. Yes. You've been warned. Go check it out. Or don't. That's okay
1: too. Yeah. Either or, honestly, (laughs) really. Oh, but
2: I. My take may vary. I I thought this movie was kind of fascinating,
0: honestly. Oh, Um, yeah, it was. Like, it was the strangest, most beautiful disaster I've seen in a really, really long time.
1: Yeah, I would say this movie is equal parts David Lynch and Tommy Wiseau.
0: Yes. You said that during the movie, and I think that that is actually an extremely apt analogy. There are so many things that this movie is trying to be, but I think that why so meets Lynch is like a is like the best simplest way to qualify it,
1: yeah, yeah. I know someone who did a write up for this movie also compared it to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street meets the simple jack character from Tropic Thunder, yeah. which uh is also (laughs) surprisingly apt. Yeah.
0: Let's stop being completely vague. The context that you mentioned is important. This film came out officially in 2017. But it has been in production since 2002, I believe. Uh, I think actually 2000, because Andrew Getty actually
1: died in 2015. Yeah. But he was working for 15 years on this
0: movie. That's right. In the throes of a meth addiction. And we should note that by Andrew Getty, we mean the grandson of John Paul Getty and and erstwhile heir to the Getty Oil Empire. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which is the weirdest possible thing that I think it could have happened <laughs> is this movie from that family. Yes, exactly. The strange, tragic story of the Getty Empire continues. Well, what's fascinating about it is... This movie was all obviously self-funded since he had the fucking money for it. And similarly to Tommy Wiseau, I think he put about $6 million of his own money into (laughs) it. Yes, he did. (laughs) Similarly to The Room. But the reason I bring that up
1: is this movie is not a movie any studio would touch with a
0: 10-foot pole. (laughs) It certainly is unique for that reason, because there's no kind of grounding oversight. It was something that Andrew Getty was, like, obsessed with. It's apparently based on a series of nightmares that he had. This and methamphetamine became all-consuming for him for, like, 15 (laughs) years until he died.
2: If I had to describe it... I would consider this film very similar to an Adult Swim modern psychedelic, almost Uh,
1: like uh, Tim and Eric's bedtime story, like a Tim and Eric bedtime story
2: situation, but unextended. Too many cooks. The key difference is this is rife with self-importance. It is rife with it. Like this movie is so irony, no irony at all. It is very full of itself. And if this film had just way less self-aware, if it had just calmed down for a second. Like, if it just chilled the fuck out, it would have fit beautifully into Adult Swim, and I could have had a much more fun time watching this movie.
1: Oh, man, I I love how gleefully not self-aware it is, though, <laughs> yeah, because same, this dude. movie is, honestly, it's borderline offensive. Like, the whole crux of the plot is... Oh, it's just offensive. Beyond borderline, is, yeah, I think. yeah. yeah is, is, uh, well, is,
0: hang on. no, I think we should hold off on that, because I think what is so important to the way that this movie unfolds is the sequence of events without knowing anything <laughs> okay yes, before, yes so before we talk about like what the movie becomes, I want to talk about how it starts. Yeah, let's just unpack the opener. I agree. first impressions, I could not believe what I was watching because it was the last thing I expected. It was bizarre and surrealistic. Completely surrealistic, very Lynchian, but way more pretentious, and done on what, if I had to guess, I would have guessed as like a film student budget. Like the first 20 minutes struck me very much as like pretentious film student. It's like super surreal, and there's this obnoxious fucking voiceover that is just That's
1: rough, just rife with big words, which? Get some context later. Become somewhat thematic. Well yeah. half half thought thematics.
2: Because we can yeah, we'll unpack that. But the thing that was like the just the worst about that narration is I mean, any time you where you get narration of just what is occurring in front of you is is generally obnoxious. And this is one of the worst instances of of it I've seen. Like when he gets on the the little theme park, like carousel thing and like it just kind of goes into the dark of the carousel and he just describes it as it went into the dark and into the dark. And into the spooky dark. And I was just like, Christ, we see it. We know. I I get it.
0: The narration struck me as like faux poetic. Right. Like the like into the dark. And into the dark, like as something that, but the delivery that, that, a, that an idiot would think of as like poetic repetition. Yes, but in fact, just comes across as imbecilic. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like, like if 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 it had been like a monologue
2: where we didn't see anything that was happening, like you could almost <laughs> pull it off. You know, just a person like talking to someone in a room, saying yeah, and then it just went into the dark and <sighs> into the dark. Dark. And, it, like, you could almost get away with it. But having just, like, you seeing it happening is just, oh, it's rough. It's just so fake. Fucking teenager-y. Like, this movie is just, like, it's, it's just so juvenile. But
0: Comically misguided. Yes. so <laughs> Yes. Christ. This is maybe the blindest I've ever gone into a movie we've talked about on the show. All I knew was what you told us last week, Ben, is that it was a vanity project made by Andrew Getty. And... What I expected coming off of that is something like uh the cleaver from the Sopranos. Corrupt uh broy money's idea of like a horror movie. I was expecting like Chris maltesanti uh, level kind of shit. <laughs> I kind
2: of I might have preferred that. I don't and, know. That sounds kind of fun.
0: <laughs> honestly, I think I preferred what we got here because what I was not expecting was Dumb Guy Art House. Dumb Guy Art House. Dumb Guy Art House. And it's like
1: in 100% earnesty, too. Yes. Like, he was super focused on every element of this film and every shot. And like, even though it's so dumb and so misguided... And, like, the sequences are comically misguided, too. It it feels like there was so much effort put into it. That's the it. thing. Like,
0: it does, unlike a lot of bad horror movies, it doesn't feel lazy. It feels almost like Kubrick-level meticulous, but so self-indulgent and incompetent, but unaware of its own incompetence. <laughs> it comes off as try hard so the the this whole part that we've been describing and are not really describing at the beginning is it looks like in terms of the effects. Uh it almost looks like an FMV game. Oh yeah. The green does, does screen that. is really terrible. There's mm-hmm. way too many crossfades. There's this part where like the the protagonist as a is supposed to be as a child who's at like a, a a carnival with his mom, but like the whole backdrop is just very obviously a green screen. Yeah, well and it's so bizarre because he's like
1: dubbing over himself as a kid. But the mom is none of the other characters are dubbed over. Yeah,
0: so it's like the the voice of this grown man doing a child's voice coming out of a child's mouth, but it's the only one that's dubbed over. He has this whole thing about going into the haunted was supposedly the scariest haunted house ride and going through it and it's nothing. But then when he gets off, it's like, Oh, what if the ride never, never <laughs> well, ended? The, the way that's revealed is, uh, he's trying to demand
1: his mom to get, their, to money, get their money, money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that's what kids totally do when they're disappointed. Yeah, they don't and, really care about uh, finances. And she takes off her sunglasses, and she has mouths where her eyes should be. <laughs> Neil Gaiman did it better.
0: <laughs> and then he comes. He comes out of this dream. And into another dream where it's him as an adult and he's lying in bed and he's like, I'm just dreaming about being here in bed. And, ooh, the spooky man is already in the room and there's a, sp- a spooky man. And it's uh, it's Matthew Berryman yeah. <laughs> is the is the spooky man. the few times I have him talk, it's obvious that he's wearing big fake teeth because he's lisping <laughs> all, he's listening yeah. all of his life. <laughs> I thought, honestly, he, he had
1: my favorite performance in the movie, though. Yeah. Like. Yes.
0: I agree. He was was the best. Um, But then the the character, Dennis, is like, oh, I found found myself in a basement, and here's this big spooky mirror, and all of this stuff, and I couldn't tell if I was awake or dreaming. Like, that's a whole theme in this movie, is like, what's a dream and what's not, uh, handled very clumsily. But then... We get the reveal when it cuts to supposedly the waking life. He's in the park having a picnic with his brother and his girlfriend. And the reveal is that this whole inner monologue that, he, that we've been hearing is just his inner voice and that he's actually mentally handicapped. And it's this guy doing this straight-up offensive handicap person impersonation with the voice for the entire and the arms. Film. And once again, it's not lazy. You can tell that he's giving it his all. No, he that feels, actor
2: like really put everything he had into like, it. He's
0: like honestly, I'm kind, I, I find his imp- his performance kind of impressive. It, well, I got yeah. a
2: really weird sense of deja vu in the first, uh, like five minutes of, of, the, uh, after that reveal, being like, I've seen this before! What the fuck is going on? And it turns out there's a, uh, it's like an NCIS or like a Criminal Minds or something, He's like, been on all of TV those show. shows. Yeah, he, he actually has, um, and like several back-to-back, so I'm not sure which one it was specifically when I looked. It up on imdb but in one of those types of shows um in like 2012 or so he played a mentally
1: handicapped guy so that was after this movie was shot well, yeah, like or hey, amidst or it, even <laughs> right. right. What's, so, what's so weird about it? Like, and because uh, well, they playing, were shooting for the whole
0: fifteen. No, no, years. Yeah. he
2: played the exact. Sorry, uh, he played the exact same character. He he played a mentally handicapped guy in the episode, and they're trying to find the murderer or whatever. And at the very end, there's a big reveal where he gives the spooky eyes, and you find out that he's the murderer. And then he was faking being mentally handicapped the whole time. <laughs> that was the mo That was the TV episode. I
1: wonder if he brought that from the evil within into. <laughs> or vice versa. <laughs> we we well, don't know. Like, well, no, timeline. not vice versa, because this started shooting in 2000.
0: Oh, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, it so, was so after that. Apparently. From uh, the article you sent us, Ben, the the only two actors were there for the the entire 15 years of production. And it was Matthew Berryman and the 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 guy who plays Uh, uh, Frederick Frederick uh, Frederick. Kohler Kaler, um who plays Dennis, and I thought it was funny that he said that he was just out of college when he started working on it, and then and when he finished working on, he turned he had turned forty. <laughs> so, oh my god! And I didn't like. I didn't really think anything of it while we were watching the movie, but there were definitely some scenes where he looked like significantly older. <laughs> oh, yeah. than he was. Like his hair was like a little
1: gray or almost like. In it some seemed series. like they almost shot in like spurts. Like a good chunk of the movie would be him as one age, and then you'd get like pickup th- shots where like he was at a different age.
0: <laughs> I think that I think that kind of is how they did it, but also like when we were watching the credits just the sheer number of credited people on this movie and, like, the way that they arrange the credits, there's, like... There's, there's a, at least 25 gaffers. At, I, there's at least 5 of every single position on a film Yeah, there site. were like
1: 15 ADs and yeah,
0: there were there were literally like 20 some uh f- like first and second ADs. It was in, it's insane. So that must mean that they were continually filming this shit for 15 fucking years. Yes, and just, just getting constantly different constantly hiring new people cuz couldn't keep anybody on, but but this one kid and Matthew Barrington, who God bless them, stuck around for the whole thing. Uh, I mean, they were obviously doing other work on the side, but it's just oh my god, it's completely baffling. It's it's hard to talk about this character, Dennis, in the context of this podcast because it it can't be done without imitating what he sounds like, and I'm not going to do that. Because I, I want
1: to <laughs> reference the scene from Quantum Leap where <laughs> the guy looks in the mirror and sees a mentally handicapped version of himself. <laughs> Like that's what I was thinking about uh during
0: this because it's very similar <laughs> like so much um, of this movie is like him talking with like his evil counterpart in the mirror yes and the evil
1: counterpart at first you know is also acting very uh disabled disabled yes
0: <laughs> I'm disabled.
1: but as the movie
0: goes on obviously, You see, it drops that facade, yeah. -hmm. Yeah. When you find out that it's a that it's a demon possessing him. Well, one actually
1: shot that I thought was super cool was right before the picnic scene in that dream sequence between the two. Oh yeah, where Matthew Berryman comes out and puts the zipper all across the the back of him and opens him up and just. Climbs. Climbs inside, inside of him. Well, I thought that was awesome. What was
2: the name of the movie that we watched for one of the the wrap ups? Uh Kevin Isn't Real or whatever. Uh Barry Isn't There. What, what is it called?
0: Uh Daniel Isn't Real. That's
2: it. Yeah, that one. <laughs> um uh they had that, that a similar scene where he
1: like opens up the Yeah, they they the do steps into him. Right? I, I I was super impressed by the practical
0: Yeah, that's that the weird respect. that's the weird thing, is like overall the aesthetic of this movie is not very good but sometimes it looks pretty comparable nice. Like, pretty nice yeah. yeah the performance is just is just like wild but the the scene where he like walks into the like hallway of mirrors yeah, I thought and he's that like lit from below fun. and like walking around touching things then he reaches out his hand yeah, and so touches those, what he thinks is shots a mirror. Looked very good. And it's Matthew Berryman's hand that he's touching. Like there's some there's some like legitimately cool stuff in this Yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. Which is not what I was expecting, but then it's just, like, rammed between just, like, downright laughable, offensive nonsense and, like, the room-level uh, incompetent melodrama mm-hmm. And like the the problem,
2: even there with the sequence of him like walking down the hallway, touching it all the mirrors, it lasts so long. Is well, it lasts? It does. It does last a <laughs> lifetime. Uh, but like also for as cool as it looks, there's just nothing tying you to the scene. There's nothing no. tying you to any of this film. Who are you supposed to like like in the movie? Who are you oh, supposed no. to relate oh, I, to? I, I
0: couldn't tell you. Who are you supposed <laughs> to care?
2: Why? Do, why am I supposed to care about
0: anyone or anything in this film? Because they're supposed, like, they're treating it like Dennis is being, like, taken advantage of, because, like, his brother treats him, and we'll get into his brother, but his brother, like, in that first scene at the house where he just, like, brings the spooky mirror into his room, and it's like, we're gonna put it here because it matches the staining on the windowsill yeah, or wait, whatever. Yeah, wait, what? Slow <laughs> and, down. <laughs> and just, like, we're starting off supposed to believe that, like, Dennis is being mistreated and that, like, he's supposed to be the sympathizer pathetic one but he is also a terrible asshole and then starts at the behest of his reflection starts murdering pets and children yeah working his way up (laughs) and hiding them in in the basement and
1: taxiderming them taxiderming
0: them well it's like i don't know who we're
1: supposed to (laughs) to root root for yeah like what the
2: fuck is going on and and so like it just so much of that just feels like just lost and wasted and uh, in in the room there there's very little to legitimately enjoy <laughs>
0: yeah facts facts yeah (laughs) so
2: like there's very little to legitimately enjoy in the room in this there are little nuggets there are little moments where it's like oh wow this was almost something you know not not necessarily like genius or great but 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 cool or neat every time it's just it's always pulled away out of its because it's it's got its head so far up its own ass you know it's just it's so self-important and full of itself or it just it's it's just too incompetent you well, know, because like-
0: it's like you said, it's it's extremely self-important because Dennis is supposed to be a stand in for Andrew Getty. He wrote himself into that character, which is weird because (laughs) Andrew Getty is not (laughs) not, handicapped handicapped, or (laughs) was not was not mentally disabled. This this idea of uh, the the whole like central conceit of the film is like when you're dreaming is that you is that you telling yourself stories? Because if not, then who's telling the stories? You know, and that's like he had all of these nightmares, and he's trying to write himself into that character. But it's very weird. Well, I think... Or did, did he see most, himself that way? The
2: most beautiful aspect of him writing himself into that character, I find, is one that might have not been intentional. And that is the fact that Dennis wishes he could sound as smart as his brother. And what tricks Dennis into murdering all those people is the, the allure of sounding smarter, of, of being like more intelligent, right. of not being slow.
0: That's how the and, demon... And, in and in other words, just being able stakes. to like
2: communicate to people. And I love the idea that like Getty was writing himself into this character and he was clearly had some sort of struggle with trying to communicate a message to people. And like this film is like really horribly trying to communicate a not message being, poorly.
0: N- not being perceived as intelligent by other people when you actually are. I think that's the part with that. Uh, right. I think that's kind exactly. of a
1: beautiful reflection of like the artist inner thoughts in a way and you know i you know? think
0: i think that I think that's that, a really
1: interesting reading actually
0: <laughs> i'm i'm really into that because i think it kind of speaks to why he was so obsessed about making this movie perfect and like essentially ruining himself financially to make this movie up until the day he died and i think it's because if he gave up on it he would see himself as a failure and would, and all of those people who think that he's not as smart or as talented or whatever would be right. That Mm -hmm. he would be proving them right. Mm -hmm. That's why Dennis keeps murdering these people is because he has to prove himself. He has to finish his masterpiece. This thing that he's building because he has to prove to people that he's actually intelligent. That's exactly he, he, what's happening here. Yeah, he has exactly. to build this
1: huge display of
0: marionettes to show oh that he's in God. control. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, no, that's that's it. That, that's exactly <laughs> what this movie is. Oh my God.
2: Right, it's, it's, it's in words, the, the core of this film is a dipshit trying to communicate to people that he's smart.
0: Honestly, whether whether
2: we're talking about Getty or we're talking about Dennis, what, like it, it's the same same premise.
0: The what I find most surprising about it at this point is that uh, Andrew Getty did not star in this movie. Like that's <laughs> one of the hallmarks of the Vanity Project, you know, is like. That's Tommy Wiseau. That's Neil Breen. That's fucking uh, John McLeod. This definitely had
1: some shades of Neil Breen. I do absolutely. want to say, yeah,
0: absolutely, yes. absolutely. <laughs> this is such a fucking bizarre movie because I like, like we mentioned, there's some things that I legitimately thought were were quite cool, at or at yeah, the very be.
2: least, fun.
0: Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about uh, his brother. Yes.
1: Uh, for a little bit. Uh, who's played by Sean Patrick Flannery, who at the time this came out, you know, was a big star. You know, yeah. is hot off the heels of Boondock
0: Saints. Well, you know. Yeah, exactly. And. That's what I was going to mention. Last week we had Norman Reedus. This week we have Sean Patrick Absolutely. Flannery. Yeah. We got both the Boondock Saints <laughs> in, in um, two weeks. How oh, about that?
1: Yeah, and Dina Meyer. During the time this was filming, she was in like Saw, for example. Um, That's she was where i Big Thank movies. You. <laughs> I love how Sean Patrick Flannery's character is always putting on a tie throughout the whole movie. In, so well, many. There's scenes. a
2: sequence where Dennis wakes back up into reality, and his brother is. Standing in front of the mirror putting on a tie like in his room.
0: But wasn't that another? It then turns oh. out to be a dream. But yes, it's fuck. That's right. It does God present. It. There's they do the thing that we've talked about many times on this show, where some sp- weird, spooky shit happens. Smash cut to somebody sitting up in bed and breathing heavily. Yeah, they they do this so many times in this movie. But that is one of the most bizarre. When he just sits up in bed and his brother is in his room, like tying his tie in the mirror. It's like, oh, hey, it sounds like you're having a pretty bad dream. It's like, what the and fuck like, and, and that's the setup
2: for a jump scare <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah because it turns out like to be- what like why like why is something as
1: dumb and goofy if i that remember the correctly the, the most bizarre part of that is it wasn't even dennis's dream it was dina meyer's dream right uh, wasn't either. that the I part where know, man. I got she woke up whiplash. well no he woke up and she asked him about that Event.
0: Yeah! Yeah, that's right! <laughs> that's right! Sean Patrick Flannery turns into Matthew Berryman in the mirror, and Dennis wakes up again, and then we cut to the brother and his girlfriend in bed, and she's like... She's like, didn't you just get up and go tell Dennis to take a bath or whatever? It's like, wh- what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: bizarre. Um, I also want to mention that out of nowhere, the, the whole inciting event of this movie happens where the the brother just puts a huge mirror into the middle of his brother's room
0: yeah and like demand like this mirror is gonna be in your room now because i yeah because the script needs it to be i mean literally his justification for it and he's being a douche about it too his whole justification is that it matches the wood in that (laughs) room and it doesn't (laughs) It doesn't. It doesn't. And also like this is Dennis's room which is like effectively the room of a child. Like there's a bunch of scribbled coloring. Uh, a giant hamster. Yeah, he has built maze. he has built uh, hamster tubes going across the room which I thought at some point would have some kind of like Significant. I mean, we got the
1: cool shot where you like go through the tube mm-hmm. and then you see the hamster. Right. That was like, pretty that was <laughs> cool. A, that
0: was a good shot, and it's like the the hamster thing never has no. Any it, it really does. It's doesn't. just like look at this, look at this big, look at this man child with his kitty stuff in his room. Like that's what it felt like. <laughs> well, I, also I,
2: like it shows that Dennis is an empathetic person and like loves and cares for his animals and stuff, mm-hmm. and like is also like has a childlike heart and mind. He cares about ice cream. He likes stuff like that. But yet he like kills and murders the kids and the pets and
0: yeah. Well, also the movie the the intro sets us up to believe that he only appears to be. Disabled on the outside, and that inside he has like the the astute mind or whatever. But there's so that's so disjointed because, like you said, his behavior is like that of a child. Like he wants to go get ice cream. Well, it's trying to have its cake
2: and eat it too with the demon. Yeah, the demon being like actually him or something like supernatural taking control of him it tries to have its cake and eat it too like it's either one or the other because one breaks your your reality and one doesn't (laughs) like like one one breaks your narrative right and it doesn't choose you gotta pick one (laughs) yeah exactly
1: and it doesn't uh it's it's a fucking mess it's a silent hill version on the mirror version essentially yeah um, you know, it's the the dark place essentially.
0: Yes, they, the Black Lodge. The Black Lodge. Uh, we, yes, like, very to much talk so. about Li- To talk about Lynch, like this this is very Twin Peaks in many, many, many yes, respects. Absolutely. And I mean, I guess when they started production, it wouldn't have been that many years after Ten Pe- Twin Peaks within the last decade yeah, or Ten you know? Peeps. Mm-hmm. Ten Peeps. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff with him being slow and his
1: quote-unquote inner mind, or soul, I guess, maybe? His soul being Is that the same? Supposed to be? uh, yeah, a yeah because he was, a, he was a savant when he was, you know, young. Yeah, the big twist later. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, well, I think that contextualizes some of what's going on with that stuff. Yeah. In, a, in an interesting way, in a way that I feel like makes it feel a little more thought out maybe not excellently handled it, it it, it's it, still pretty fucking offensive
0: it is and also i think it it makes a lot of the events that happened before that in the movie confusing <laughs> yeah uh, you could say
2: nonsense
0: i don't think it it's nonsense i mean it, it's not it's not nonsense but it's it's underdeveloped yes it's, it's definitely underdeveloped it's in it's it's incoherent. It's not it's not nonsense, but it's it's incoherent. <laughs> well, I I want to talk a little bit about uh uh Sean Patrick Flannery and his his girlfriend and their uh what feels their strange relationship. Their strange relationship <laughs> and just like that whole subplot I don't really understand. I thought that like Dennis was going to be the central character, but there's so much shit where it's just like Sean Patrick Flannery going to the same two restaurants over and over again. Yeah, and bouncing between
1: every other scene,
0: it's him talking to... Dina Meyer and him talking to his therapist. Exactly. And the, literally there's a restaurant for each one of them. And it, it, <laughs> <laughs> You're so right, though. Uh-huh. There's a, <laughs> they had two restaurants. There's two though. restaurants they go to because there's multiple scenes of him having uh, dinner with Dina Meyer's at that one restaurant, which they very obviously, they, they got permission to shoot there one evening, so they had to shoot a few scenes there. And then similarly, anytime he's talking with his therapist, Therapist. It's at this like outdoor tiki bar. With the exception
1: <laughs> of the first scene we see with them where they're talking in like a broom closet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah, the therapist, uh, the 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 actor, like just textbook uh, of of overacting, like, also textbook like, example uh, of overacting.
0: Also textbook example of terrible therapist. He's so pushy and aggressive. <laughs> yes. yeah. he, he's Shit. so pushy and aggressive. He's like, he's like, you know what? I know you can't afford to keep seeing me, but I'll let you come see me on my lunch break on the one condition that we talk about what I want to talk about. It's like, excuse me, sir. Yeah, what the you're fuck? the therapist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) supposed to talk about what i want to talk (laughs) about but there's this whole long drawn out subplot of like sean patrick flannery and dina myers wanting to get married but she doesn't want to live with an invalid and he doesn't want to put his brother in a hospital because as we find find out later Apparently, Dennis was like a genius when he was a kid. And then uh, Sean Patrick Flannery uh, punched him in the face and he fell down the stairs and became uh, uh, mentally disabled.
2: Now, I don't know a lot about head trauma.
0: I don't think that's quite how it works. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't, I'm not under the impression it I don't it, it, think it head trauma gives you Down syndrome, I, but I might be wrong. Could, could be wrong, but I
1: don't. Think yeah well I mean it it wasn't directly down to no much, but it no was, no it it was not... pretty close it's a it's sort of it's a gumbo it's sort hyperbole, of a goulash. hyperbole yeah, for you know.
0: comedic effect
2: yeah. uh, but, but
1: but brain damage can mess people up like that well for know? sure absolutely
2: yes. but and, and and head trauma can can definitely cause like all sorts of things uh, but uh, <laughs> it this gets character dicey. <laughs> well it gets extremely dicey when much like John Travolta and other like mentally handicapped characters in films they have randomly varying degrees of like mental aptitude their iq is constantly swinging from scene to scene because it's it's whatever is convenient to the script at the time yeah and it's it's honestly one of the most like offensive elements about it like in any of those sorts of films is is just how all over the place it can be
1: I think that that was better handled than the fanatic. In this, well, oh yeah, no, it definitely. Oh, okay, was, yeah. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean,
0: yeah. If we're talking, if we're talking about what's a more offensive depiction yeah. of uh, the oh. mental disability, the fanatic. I, for I feel sure. Like, yeah, yes, I, I agree with that. The I elements that. of
1: that variation come out of the mirror self and him coming into yeah. reality through, uh, you know, tricking and convincing. The uh, the normal one to do his bidding.
0: Yeah, um, I think the difference uh, between this and the fanatic is the fanatic is way more mean spirited. Like yeah, yeah. Like it feels like Fred Durst, like making fun of disabled people. Whereas this, I don't feel I. It's offensive, but I don't think that that was the intention. Well, more mm. misguided. See, here's here's the think, thing, though, it, like, whether it's else.
2: making fun or not, it's the same problem. I have with glass. It's the same problem I have with all the others. It's I mean, uh, uh, or glass or split and all those. It's like it's just utilizing like the mentally handicapped is like a, a little fear engine. Right. It's like, oh, like disabled people are spooky. Right. right, right. And, like, mean, and that, that's that's what's most reprehensible about it. Like, For sure. I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not arguing
0: that. That. I just think that where Fred Durst is coming from the perspective of a bully, uh, Andrew Getty was probably coming from the perspective of somebody more misguided. Yes. The, effect, no, no, the totally. effect is similar. I, 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 I definitely think, agree I with that. think the effect on top similar, of that, though,
1: considering the fact that he saw himself right. in Dennis, Like, I think that gives Dennis an almost sort of empathy. He becomes an empathetic character. I think in he's the supposed. I think he's supposed. Or at least he's to. supposed. To, yeah.
0: I don't. I never really felt empathetic towards him. But I think you're right that that is the intention. But I think you're also onto something, Cleveland. Where like the degree of his disability fluctuates wildly depending upon what the scene calls for. And that those are the examples where it's like the grossest. Like when they go to that uh, nautical Chuck E. Cheese place. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, then
2: <laughs> now, I, and yeah, I, I said it. I said it during the movie. And I'll say it again. On paper, nautical Chuck E. Cheese sounds awesome. <laughs> On paper, some of the themes and ideas in this movie sound great.
1: One of my favorite bits in that Guardian article I sent you guys about this is, you know that uh, animatronic uh, octopus? Yes. In the background. <laughs> yeah, they background. look like Garbage. spent 10 months on that making it himself you never even get like do you get like a close-up of it
2: no you get like 10
0: seconds of it Christ, it's always in the background i don't know if we ever get a shot of it when it's fully in focus but yeah apparently andrew getty (laughs) built that himself he built a lot of the props himself and that's also like the the degree of uh effectiveness of that is is kind of confusing as well because like I, I think the big marionette people spider at the end. Pretty cool. Awesome. Right. The, the big octopus playing the drum set. Very ter- bad. Ter- terrible <laughs> and very, very bad. But like that scene is just like another one of those ones. Just like, oh, what? Get your get your stuff together, Dennis. Tonight we're gonna do whatever you want to do. You're in charge. He's like, I want pizza. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I, knew, I knew I said I wasn't gonna do it. Um, uh, man, do what? Do move, rolling on, moving on, moving on. <laughs> but like, the, it's just like, oh my god, this is immediately following like a scene where he's like having this tortured argument with himself in the mirror about like why he just went out and murdered three children you know like my my favorite
1: variation in like the (laughs) understanding of how smart or slow dennis is is the fact that even though sean patrick flannery like treats him like a child for the majority of the movie he also trusts him to do his own carpentry in the basement yeah trust him (laughs) implicitly
0: (laughs) Like here's <laughs> here's the sound, and never once actually goes down there to see what it's about. Like he, the, in right. that what a terrible thing, caretaker. He what he, a he tries caretaker. He tries to, and Dennis talks him out and, of it. And
1: then he leaves to let Dennis do his carpentry for a few more. hours. Yeah, he leaves and and his, his mentally talks, challenged brother talks, with hacksaws. Talks and to shit. Dina Meyer about how he could get a carpentry job someday. Right. Like he maybe. had a carpenter's. But he had
0: a. Tool belt and goggles and everything. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. He he told her that he was dressed like a professional carpenter. <laughs> Dude just had some goggles he just on. Had goggles on. Uh, and also in that scene, he did find uh, Dennis's books on tape because apparently Dennis can't read. <laughs> and there, are, uh, books on tape about like uh, taxidermy and butchery and forensics. And he's like, uh, what do? you doing with these he's like oh uh i guess those must have been the other guys at the store i must have gotten the wrong ones oopsie daisies <laughs> and they just <laughs>
1: uh,
0: <laughs> my favorite my favorite thing though i don't know if you guys well the books on tape are brought up several Multiple times, times. After that, which yeah. is
1: even funnier honestly my
0: my favorite thing i don't know if you guys caught this but at, later in the movie like when it gets close to Dennis unveiling his uh his master marionette show Sean Patrick Flannery and Dina Myers are going to all of the, these same places and they're like where is everybody where's all the normal people and then they're driving around it's like Maybe there's something going on here Dennis is building something in the basement He has books on tape about taxidermy All of our friends are missing And by all of their friends They literally mean the valets and waiters At the (laughs) the same two restaurants they go to Because those are the people That they explicitly mention are missing It's the waiters Oh, and, And
2: the girl, of course The girl at the ice cream store That they go to to get coffee <laughs> yeah right
0: uh, who dennis is in love with that ooh, oh yeah, let, let's not sure. let's just not even honestly <laughs> i'd Mm. well I we don't have to talk about that scene but I do think it's worth mentioning yeah, I don't want to uh, when I, he cartwheels Yeah, of he rolls a nat 20 on his acrobatics check and, and cartwheels out of the cabinet onto the ceiling and then flips down onto the floor to chase her with a knife yeah, what the that fuck? was pretty sweet oh
1: that was amazing
0: that was pretty tight
1: um yeah and then she runs out to the street and just gets hit
0: by a car I love how Dennis does all of his murdering in broad daylight and (laughs) and nobody ever notices. What about when he's in the bathroom and he just stabs that dude on the toilet for no reason and picks him up and throws his body out the window? (laughs) And then he goes, and he doesn't have a drop of of blood on him.
1: One of my favorite elements of that sequence is you get this really cool, almost like POV shot of like... Him getting like murdered and like blood is coming onto the camera yeah. and everything, and blood is just going everywhere. And the next shot, no blood, no blood, shot, no blood. <laughs> anywhere. It's clean as same, a whistle. The same
0: as when uh, Dennis kills Dina Myers at the end. Oh my god, we gotta talk about
1: the uh, the the killer Dennis baby.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, what the fuck was that? Oh, fuck. Yeah, that was so weird. That's another thing is like when you talk about the film needing to choose whether like it's all just in his head or if there's actually something supernatural. And then you see scenes where like she comes into the house and there's a crying baby in in the bassinet. Right. That has not been there before, and she looks at it, and all of a sudden the baby morphs into Dennis, <laughs> who pops out of the bassinet. And does a uh, Alc alak- Alakadabra, Alakazam, Every- yeah. where the fuck is the knife? Haha,
2: and it disappears. And then she like runs down the hallway really scared and looks down at her her <laughs> and gut. <it's-> <laughs> <laughs> and then she's just the knife, and <laughs> the knife there. Why the fuck? Like so. Like, so it's like, like yeah, that's
1: okay,
2: because- I'm sorry, but like like she saw this. This is from her her perspective. And she's experiencing like the oh the yeah, there's no way. There's no
0: way it's actually in his head. So what the
2: fuck <laughs> is it? Which is it? Like, ah.
0: But he uh, he takes her down to the basement, and we get a scene of him drilling some holes into her head, and there's never any blood on the drill. No, nope. <laughs> that's another thing. But then the best part is he takes a. Uh, fire extinguisher and shoves it into the one, one of the holes in her head and uses it to blow her brains out the other hole to hollow out her skull, which I thought was pretty fucking funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it was a hilarious effect. It was... The effect itself was, like, not pretty bad, right. which made it even funnier, too. Like, there was a little bit of craftsmanship in it, which made it really funny. The whole baby Dennis thing was so bizarre and like that's just a shining example of like how so many of these skills and sequences in this movie just don't make sense. Don't make sense. Yeah, they're and nonsense. Keep me completely
0: off my bearings. Like, well, like when the cops come in, the social worker comes in with the, the worst cops. cops. We got to talk about the. And she walks in the door and she's like, "Hello, is anybody here? I'm here to take Dennis away from you because you're unfit guardians or whatever." And the cops are like, "Well, sounds like there's nobody home. We don't have a warrant." And she's like, "Well, just keep it to whatever you can see immediately." And then walks in, and then the cops walk in with her. And well, and then they immediately around.
1: smell something good, and one goes to the kitchen to eat their food. Yep.
0: And the other one's like, I swear, you better save me a piece. <laughs> just... <laughs> but then that cop goes upstairs and goes into Dennis's room and sees, like, the two mirrors facing each other. Yeah, we get another supernatural wa- kill. And he walks by, and his reflection then comes out of the mirror, cuts his throat, and then turns into Dennis. So, I don't know. I mean, it's it's supernatural
1: yeah it's supernatural we should talk about the social worker too I want to talk about one the early sequence when we see the social worker where it's just like a relentless constant 360 uh, around Sean Patrick Flanery and her talking about how uh, he's not fit to keep it's, her and, oh yeah the camera does not even, stop it's not
0: even a 360 it's worse than that the camera keeps moving behind an object and coming out on the other side Of another object, so like it's instead of your your typical like shot reverse shot for the conversation, every one of those shot reverse shots is a pan that goes behind an object and comes out on the other side on the as the reverse shot. And the first couple of times that they did it, I was like, oh okay, that's fun style thing. I was like, oh yeah, cool, that's a little stylistic flair. And then (laughs) then it's for the entire. fucking a no. scene well
1: and the funniest part is like i like the the concept of that shot in itself but it has no reason to be nope, no paired bad. with with the conversation it's, it's they're a, having it's a completely
0: no bland context. Context. yeah exactly yeah. it's it's totally bland it's not like, a revelatory scene or anything. There's not any, like, plot-changing information being revealed or anything. No, and it's, it's poorly a, thought out, it's a, too. It's a, it's a totally innocuous... Like, it doesn't sound like any
2: kind of conversation a social worker would be having. Yeah, it's, like, like with a totally
0: guardian. innocuous conversation. Yeah, like, she's behaving so, like... Like, uh, that's not how people do. I don't think Andrew Getty had an idea of how, like, any of the professions that he's depicted... No, but he, he sure as fuck do. thought he
1: did. He he
0: doesn't like, know how... Oh, man.
1: He didn't know how to write as people talked either. Like no dialogue in this movie sounds like people much like the room. And they're often a hallmark of, of uh, vanity
2: projects. It's, Although, They're so caught up in their own echo chamber.
0: Although, know. whereas in the room, it's obviously because, like, Tommy Wiseau is not a native English speaker, yeah. that the dialogue sounds off. In this, it's more just like it's uh, a what, lot of
1: verbose flourishes.
0: Yes, extremely hyper-pedantic. Film student-y. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. film very studenty. So. Fuck! <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else. Like, there's so much in this movie. Like, there's so many choice there, lines. Oh, and scenes. What about that bizarre
1: scene where Dennis is dreaming and there's the giant spider that comes out?
0: Oh yeah, that was the spider didn't and look, like deflates him. The spider didn't look great, but when it like deflates him? That was a pretty cool effect. I was kinda into that.
2: I was kinda into that. Yeah, I kinda I kinda wish that they weren't like so reliant on all the shots of spiders in that nature quote nature documentary thing leading up to it. A little displeased with that. I'm super arachnophobic, so like shots of spiders' faces and stuff, and just spiders. Like, I was like kind of a and motif, pro- yeah, kinda, in this movie. Yeah, so. Kind of, you know. Well, like, yeah,
0: I mean the the whole idea is that like uh, spiders devour their family. They, yeah. So it's like the, but the thing about the thing about the spider metaphor is. I don't know who it's supposed to apply to. I don't know if Dennis is supposed to be the spider, or if Sean Patrick Flannery is supposed to be the spider, or in that scene, when he's watching the documentary and it's talking about how the female spiders are so much bigger than the males and that they eat the males after mating, that is intercut with Sean Patrick Flannery arguing with his girlfriend at the restaurant. So in that scene, it's supposed to imply that she is the spider? Who is the spider? <laughs> they're all the
1: Everything spiders. Ev- they're all the spider. I
0: don't understand. Which is great
2: for relating to it, people or worrying about them or honestly, having any concern about your story or plot.
0: Once again, it's it's everyone's a spider. Once again, it's just hilariously misguided because it's obvious that, like, he, Andrew Getty, wanted the spider to be thematic. that he put effort into making it a recurring theme. A lot of effort. But what the theme, <laughs> what it's <laughs> supposed to well, thing? What, the <laughs> what it's supposed to be referring to is completely unclear yeah. right well he did it because there's
2: supposed to be a theme right yes. not not like so that the theme could serve was built to serve a purpose right it's like building a house and putting a fireplace in it because houses are supposed to have fireplaces and putting the fireplace in the kitchen Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Right. right. Like that's that's it's the same idea.
0: (laughs) They say that this the whole impetus for this film is like a series of nightmares that he had. Some of the dream logic stuff, despite that the quality is drastically varying, some of it is cool and surreal and evocative. And I would really like to know more about the nightmares in Andrew Getty's head that led him to make this movie that compelled him to obsessively devote the rest of his life to this film.
1: Yeah, one one other thing I saw reading a little backstory on this movie that wasn't in the Guardian piece is uh, the Dennis character was partially based on the son of Sam. Okay. Um, which kind of makes sense. I
0: get that. Yeah, I can I can see that.
2: Another, another write-in uh, comparing Dennis and Getty is that Dennis is a person who has been, like, handicapped by his evil family.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. That theme of de- devouring your family, yeah. the, the familial betrayal. Being,
2: being handicapped by an evil family.
0: I mean <laughs> I think Andrew Getty grew up having everything he ever could have wanted and needed from his family but you know Yeah
1: I mean in fairness the Getty family is historically like a pretty fucking oh, dysfunctional yeah. oh, my family God, wildly <laughs> yeah. so like, wildly check so Check out uh I think it's all the money in the world to see more about like how like his cousin was like held hostage, and his family refused to pay Got ransom. Kidnapped, yeah,
0: by like the Italian mob or yeah. something. Yeah, Christ.
1: Um, there was a a good mini series with uh, FX, Donald I think, Sutherland yeah. uh, about that. I don't think I ever finished watching that series.
0: I I saw the first couple episodes. I think probably when you were watching it, I didn't finish it either. But um, I I mean I can't say I'm surprised that like knowing that family's history that uh how andrew getty turned out yeah yeah <clears throat> you get a lot of weird nightmares yeah <laughs> no kidding <laughs> um and i think to sort of bring things to a close another uh parallel to the room is that it ends with somebody uh shooting themselves in the mouth in slow motion well we gotta talk
1: about the ending sequence because that is one of the wildest Oh, no, yeah. The Sequences in the movie. Puppets, We've talked about a little bit, but
0: yeah, Dennis's big uh, marionette stage production using all the the bodies that he's the The brother
2: taxidermied. S- stuck to the chair via, like, super glue. <laughs> really we, see, we, we see, like, a couple shots of him, like, struggling to lift his arm. And the goo, like, coming up a little bit, and then the brother, like, fake acting, like, throwing his hand back down on the chair to imply that, like, he's been pulled back yeah, down. Yeah, I thought that was, was funny like, as so fuck that he, uh... <laughs> it was
0: so fake. That, that he glued him to the chair, but like a spider, he's stuck in the web. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but he's a spider? I, uh, don't... Right, but, it, yeah, right. In that, in that scene, uh, Dennis tells Sean Patrick Flannery that he is the spider, but then who the fuck is the spider? And then there's the... Flesh spider made out of body parts and the social worker's head. So he. Why is she the be, spider? Is she the spider? Is she the spider? Right, who's the <laughs> spider? I
1: uh, the, the the whole sequence <laughs> where game, they're bro. retelling. The uh, the story of what happened to Dennis as Mary that was so funny to me. Oh my god! Seeing yeah. him yeah. get pushed down the stairs
0: and just, just like do loop to loop, just body cartwheeling <laughs> in the air as like a, a, stairs a, are a, a rotating screen showing stairs is moving behind it. That was so funny. I but like yeah that that scene is weird because it has it's like a culmination of some of the funniest and dumbest but also some of like the coolest stuff in the same yeah. scene like i thought the the effect of uh like dina myers uh Being puppeted by Dennis was pretty cool. Or you like see pretty fucked up looking. See like yeah. the tips of his fingers poking out of her mouth, and she's got like these big fake eyes that are like moving around independently. I thought that stuff was pretty pretty creepy and and well set yeah. up. And then the big flesh spider, and then uh and then Sean Patrick Flannery detaches himself from the chair, and instead of killing Dennis. Puts the gun in his mouth, much like Tommy Wiseau, and then we get that the the, the slow-motion gunshot. He's even wearing similar clothes to what Tommy Wiseau is wearing in that scene, and it's lit kind of the same, too. It's, it's really yeah. weird. If only he had
2: like, rubbed his crotch with a blanket first. Ah!
0: <laughs> I mean, there's so much more, but, like, I, I think I'm ready to write at this, this point. This is a
1: movie that has to be seen to be believed.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you somehow sat through all of this, like... I'd rather watch The Room,
2: personally, like, for the twelfth time, but I don't know. I don't know. This movie That's has cult classic
1: written all over it for yeah. me. I, I thought this movie was a blast to watch. <laughs> well, Ben, why don't you Tomically rate it first? misguided. Because yeah, it think, was your uh, choice. Yes, oh, okay, so I, I think on the reading of this being kind of a reflection of how Andrew Getty views himself and the world um, is really fascinating. And I think there's a lot to glean out of that. Um, I think this movie was a bizarre amalgamation of, you know, someone who had very ambitious goals and not the skills to get to those goals, but had the funding to make those goals a reality. Yeah, and uh, considering how meth addicted he was at the time, <laughs> it really emphasizes how yeah. relentless and frenetic this whole movie is. And scatterbrained. And scatterbrained. <laughs> I found it fascinating, and most of the time, hilariously misguided. And then there would be flourishes of just amazing effects, practical effects, and like interesting shots and unique things where in like normal good bad movies there's no artifice like that and it seems like he really cared to make a movie absolutely um, it is horribly misguided and like it is very bad but it's all entertaining bad in my opinion i i'm gonna give it a four out of five i really enjoyed this movie
2: Cleveland? Yeah, I was about, I was going to ask if I could go next cuz you don't want to end on my rating. I think there's there's a lot of validity to your points. I think that uh uh you can you could totally sit down and have a hilarious so bad it's good time. For my very personal taste, it was extremely difficult and it was It was kind of a slog for me just just because of self-importance like that really rubs me the wrong way. And and also like almost being good films that are just just nearly like have have something going for them and miss the mark. I, I tend to find much more frustrating than wildly missing the mark like The Room or whatever else or Troll or something like those. Those films do such a beautiful job of wildly missing the mark. Um, whereas this, this film is, is almost something that that's more of a frustration for me. I'm going to give it two stars. There are some really cool little nuggets in there, but it was just so much to fucking sit through.
0: (sighs) Yeah, man, this is maybe one of the most difficult times I've had rating a film that we've done for this show, because I think that i loved and hated this movie in equal measure for everything that i found frustrating there was something that i found delightful and almost endearing i find like the the sort of ob- obsessive dedication to a vision uh charming despite how chaotic and messy and bad that vision is. It's, it's so weird. Like there's so much just terrible, terrible shit in this movie. And a few instances of just like unparalleled creativity and, and good weirdness from a horror movie. And I think that because it's so polarizing for me i'm gonna rate it dead in the middle two and a half out of five because it's not good but i can't i can't give it like uh the rating that i would give something that i truly hated would you just recommend it yes yes if you are a fan of vanity projects cult classic so bad it's good. I, cause I think you're right. I think this will gain cult classic status. Honestly, like if you're in favor of something different and, uh, somebody experimenting and in many ways failing with their experiment. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would, I would absolutely, I would absolutely recommend this movie. I don't rate it two and a half because I think it's a middling movie. It's because I cannot, choose a side of my emotions on this i can't i can't decide whether i loved or hated it uh so i don't know if that's not a if that's not a recommendation then i don't know what is (laughs) uh but it will give the evil within an average of 2.8 out of 5 pods uh so no golden pod this time but (laughs) uh, (laughs) the strangest movie i've seen in in a very very long time
2: it was a weird one
0: yeah um well next week is our 100th episode and if you want to know what that is gonna be about then you're just going to have to tune in because I'm not going to tell you. Nope. Ha ha. I'm not going to tell you, but uh, it is a, uh, a movie that we have all been wanting to talk about for a long time and could not, uh, couldn't decide when would be the most appropriate time to do it. And we said, fuck it. hundred episodes. Let's do it. Yeah, for Uh, sure. Oh man, I can't wait. So join us for our hundredth episode special next week cleveland do we have a sponsor always i mean no not always but this time yes This time yeah
2: <laughs> um this week uh is brought to you by uh cheryl Dubers ice cream scoopers the perfect implement for stirring your coffee <laughs> 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 if you need to stir your coffee with an ice cream scoop Come on down to Cheryl Duper's Ice Cream Scoopers because now it's a chain. Uh, come on down to it and uh, come come get a nice hot cup of coffee at, at at the ice cream parlor like like normal people do. Cheryl Duper Duper's, Dupers uh, Pooper Scoopers. There you go. Good job. <laughs> we did it. Um. Okay.
0: Well. You know That's that Well done (laughs)
2: Good job Good job for you for listening I appreciate
1: it
0: Well done We did it We're proud Uh, of you We made it if you like the show and you want to uh, give us a 100-episode uh, congratulations present, oh the, the best way to do that is to go on to Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars and leave us a nice review so we can climb in the charts. That would be much appreciated. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at PodPeoplePod and uh, on letterbox.com slash PodPeoplePod pod. Where you can find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show, with our average ratings and links to those episodes, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Deep State Ozzie, Still quarantined, still COVID-free, at least at the time of recording.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't jinx yourself, Jesus Christ. I'm on Twitter at Mister Sheets.
2: And I'm occasionally tweeting for Studio as we continue to roll out our next or our big game. It stares back. You know the drill. Come check us out on Steam. Come hop in our Discord. Say hello. Check out our website at LightArcStudio.com. And of course, if you want to see some more of those lovely lovely illustrations and paintings, or, well, I shouldn't say that. You, j- if you want to look at some art and decide whether you think it looks good or not, feel free to hang, uh, pop into my art station, uh, Cleveland Mosier. Just search me on ArtStation. And check out my portfolio. See what you like. Uh, if you will, if you're looking for some art yourself, uh, commissions are open right now, and I'd love to paint something for you. That's uh, all from me.
0: All right. Well, next week, hundred episodes. You oh did god. it. Oh my Yay. god. We'll see you then. There is a spider, spider, spider. It's deep in my soul, soul. He's lived here for years just won't let go, he's laying around, he's got a mean bite, now he's ready to
2: fight.
0: Is that a sign?